0: Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today, our guest is Luis, the CEO and founder at HelloMass. Hello. Hello, nice
1: to meet you, Christian.
0: Nice to meet you. Please tell us what your company does.
1: So my name is uh, Luis Dorn. I'm the founder and CEO of HelloMass, It's marketing as a service. Uh, It's a platform where we curate uh, the top of the bill, marketing freelancers in Europe. And then we build a whole platform to um, offer flex teams to larger organizations uh, to make sure they have the right skills on demand uh, inside their own in-house teams.
0: Okay. And uh, can you please expand on that? What is (coughs) the difference between companies uh, hiring uh, somebody in-house or uh, an agency or uh, going to to your service, to marketing as a service?
1: <clears throat> exactly we're kind of the third option between the first two options that everybody knows and uh, the reason why is that marketing is changing at the speed of light uh, when i started my career which is uh almost 20 years ago there were five channels right now there are more than 50. Uh, there are over 10,000 martech tools and now you have ai as well impacting the marketing function so it's highly specialized and yes. understanding where to play and how to play requires also deep knowledge in tech in data and in certain channels Uh, And you don't always need to have those skills inside your own organization, but you want to have them on demand. And this is what we build at HelloMass.
0: That's fantastic. And how how would you categorize your services? How can you explain it to to the audience?
1: yeah we're kind of a hybrid between a um, freelancer marketplace and a SaaS platform so we have a subscription service we also sell packages um, which is basically an e-commerce proposition where you can buy um, results on marketing services Uh, and then the SaaS opportunity is for clients to kind of have this ongoing model where they have uh, certain skills on demand uh, for a flat fee per month
0: so they pay a subscription uh, anytime they need an expert they can go directly and they have that already paid right
1: exactly yeah yeah
0: that's that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome what do you say is the biggest problem that you solve for the companies
1: for our clients or for ourselves yes. yeah for our clients well for our clients it's a, <laughs> it's a couple there's really a war on talent which got accelerated during COVID. Uh, A lot of marketers, uh, they are in high demand um, and they also understand their market value. So they would like to work more independently, more freely and also more remotely. Um, So in order to have access to these top skills, you kind of need to look for alternatives beyond hiring everybody on your payroll or going to agencies because agencies have the same problem as the in-house teams have. You know, a lot of people just want to work independently. So we're kind of that third part, that third opportunity that kind of sits in between agencies and in-house teams that allows you to basically build a flexible layer of um, you know skills on demand or just marketing results on demand uh, because th- that's also what we offer with our sp- with our packages.
0: Okay, okay. And what are the use cases of the product?
1: yeah we kind of go across the entire uh depth and width of the marketing function so we have identified 75 skills um inside uh you know our our platform and also inside the profiles of our freelancers that allows us to match algorithmically a lot faster and then also we looked inside those 75 skills what is the highest search volume Uh, and we basically created uh, 35 packages uh uh, on top of the, uh, the the 75 skills on demand, um, so these are kind of the things that we we offer. Um, our clients are pre- predominantly larger corporate organizations that have large marketing teams um, that kind of are mm-hmm. you know, struggling with the war on talent, or they kind of would like to have more access to um, you know innovative uh, Martech or, or marketing data kind of skills, but also the softer side like creative and, and content. Um, And they would like to kind of leapfrog and not always go to an agency because there's a lot of agile development right now in marketing teams and also in-house, they need to do more in-house. So in order to do that, you need to recalibrate your organization to actually have people that do things and not just outsource stuff to agencies. And this is where our model plays in really nicely because you kind of bring that execution power and that brain power inside the organization. And you can do that for a short period of time. Like right now, we're working with a very large uh, pan-European fashion retailer that really needs to accelerate a lot of their digital uh, program um, and we can really get these people up and running within two to four weeks, um, and they can stay for six months if that's needed. You know, in order to really boost a strategic program, but often what you see is that it kind of continues to to stay longer. But you have the opportunity then scale up and scale down. So initially you might start with like a full-time uh, engagement, but then you can trickle it down to maybe, you know, one or two days a week. Um, so it's also very interesting for the P&L and the cost structure of those uh, larger organizations.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for explaining. And uh, now I'd love to hear your favorite uh, customer success story.
1: Oh, that's a great question. We have quite a few. Um, we also <laughs> love to work with... Um, uh with 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 scale ups uh you know companies that you know got the product market fit and now are uh trying to scale beyond uh, other markets uh and we there is a a mobility company in uh, in the netherlands uh that allows uh, basically scooters on demand uh so you can hire a moped and uh you know just kind of uh, make your way around to amsterdam in case you don't want a bike Um, And that company, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it's not one of our biggest clients, uh, they really uh, understood our model very well. And they said, hey, we need copywriters with certain skills in certain markets. We don't need them on the payroll. Uh, We don't need them for five days a week, but we know we want to have really, really good people. And we want to work iterative uh, iteratively with them uh, because we're doing a lot of performance marketing campaigns and we want to make sure we update the copy uh, as we go. Uh, Mm -hmm. And this is where you kind of need that specific skill set bring that in house when you need it um, and really have good um, marketing uh, return on uh, on advertising spend in this case, um, because you have that very specific skill set uh, on demand. So this is one example. Uh, but another one is, um, yeah, just larger organizations that are going through massive transitions. Uh, you know, everybody needs to become digital. You need to infuse customer success with e-commerce and marketing and how you do that on a strategic scale uh we're working with uh, uh, the 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 premier uh, uh you know training company and uh, a train company transportation company as well in the netherlands and they have a huge marketing team but they really needed to have a vision on what their team looks like in 2025 uh, and how do you do that with you know okay. all the challenges that we just explained uh, so they came to us for kind of a more of a management consulting assignment. We co-created, uh, you know, a team of people that have very strong strategic uh, skill sets in that. And based upon that, we kind of have a whole bunch of work streams that allows their in-house team to accelerate, work better with their agency and really get to the next level uh, of uh, what their organization looks like in 2025. Um, so those are kind of two on top of my head that I uh, I really enjoyed. But Uh, to be honest every client has a specific use case uh, and the good thing is that we have very high retention rate and a long duration so i guess that shows that uh, there is a need for this model
0: absolutely i appreciate the transparency now more on the pricing side where does it start
1: yeah, so we kind of have a pricing that is comprised of two elements. So we have kind of a subscription service, which is a kind of SaaS, but we're not a 100% SaaS company. Uh, we also have a margin that is a kind of sits as an arbitrage between the fee of the freelancer and what we charge to the client. We're very transparent around that. And also we build a benchmark uh, rate card of uh, freelancer fees across those 75 skills. Um, So we know that the margin that we put on top of the uh, freelancer fee is actually very, um, is is marked against the benchmark rates. Uh, So this is where you kind of um, know as a client that you're not paying too much and often they don't even know the benchmark. So we're kind of facilitating in pricing transparency there. Um, Then we have the packages, uh, which is basically A fixed Mm -hmm. fee that you have a fixed scope uh, and you really need to kind of uh, upfront uh, talk with the client and the freelancer through the scope. So everybody knows what is expected and also what is not in scope. Uh, And this is a model where we also have a a cost structure with a margin uh, that is, uh, uh, you know, shared uh, partly with the freelancer, uh, but also it's a revenue stream towards HelloMass.
0: And are you the first company to invent this model as marketing as a service? to to be the solution in the market?
1: Yeah, I think we're not like 100% unique in what we do because there's tons of freelancer marketplaces. I think the way we kind of are very focused on just a marketing vertical Mm. and we're not just a freelancer marketplace, we're actually trying to solve a marketing problem. Um, So we're more focused on results rather than just selling hours. I haven't seen that to the extent into the market that we've done. I've seen, you know, after we launched in 2019, I've seen very specific use cases coming to the market, for instance, designers that say, hey, you can buy all the design you want for a fixed fee per month. So this is kind of a part of what we offer. But I think what we do in the Mm -hmm. the breadth and the width of the entire marketing function, I haven't seen it to the extent uh, that we're doing it, but it doesn't say that it's not out in the market i don't try to be uh uh
0: you know clown
1: yeah. <laughs> chesting uh, towards that extent um so if any listener uh hears about another company that's doing what we're doing i'd love to uh, hear from them
0: yeah it's it's, it's very interesting and now i'd love to hear uh, when did you start the company exactly
1: Well, I started it already in my head in in 2010 when I was, uh, uh, you know, a CMO and a marketing executive at large organizations because I've been managing teams, building teams, uh, and always I felt there is a scarcity principle in in how I could build my team. It's either people that are, uh, you know, in the location of where the office is, uh, that can come into the office, uh, and I'm kind of limited to these uh, people in that location uh, with those skill sets. And the same is with agencies, Uh, depending on how big you are, uh, you know, there's certain size of agencies that you can work with. So there is also a scarcity in talent and a scarcity in people how you can work. Whereas if you kind of look at the Internet, uh, you know, the whole model is based around abundance. There's so many highly skilled people all around the world. uh, And if they understand, uh, you know, your your cultural context, they could work remotely as good as a local person could. Actually, I think it's an opening up for people to have more equality in in the way they can get a great career going on. Uh, So this is where I wanted to embrace that uh, abundance program. But at the time, you know, the Internet and social media wasn't like evolved to the extent that it was. A little bit later on. Um, so it felt for me much more natural uh, after I progressed a little bit more in my career to actually take the jump and then uh, start Mass in 2019.
0: Awesome, awesome. Wow. And uh, how big is your team right now?
1: Oh, we're actually a pretty small team because we let the algorithms run a lot of our business. Uh, We've invested a lot in uh, in our platform, um, you know, really look at the customer journey, try to run everything through the through the through the platform. Uh, So we're really trying to be efficient in the way we we run and we're really are aiming for like a high revenue per uh, employee. uh, Because at the end, you know it's all about scalability and, and making sure that we you can run your operations really efficiently uh, and this is where i've been looking a lot to large uh you know freelancer marketplaces to see how their operating model is at uh, but what we noticed mm-hmm. with with those uh um, larger kind of platform is that a lot of the clients don't like the full automation so this is why we're offering that subscription service Where you can have, um, you know, for instance, happiness check-ins, uh, with our team. So every (laughs) two weeks, um, you know, you get an automatic email, uh, whether you like the happiness and we actually build up our data, um, that in order to um, also have that as a rating uh, it 's just pre sixty rating into uh, our algorithmic matching, uh, but a lot of the clients also like to have just a conversation with us uh, and and together with the freelancers yes. to make sure that we 're not just robots that during work uh, and, and fill in an algorithm it 's also just about the creativity and the humanity that sits in it uh, so this is kind of where we found the blend between uh, human interaction. Uh, and, and and artificial uh, smartness, uh, and this is where I kind of uh, build build our team around as well. Uh, but we do that very effectively. Um, so this is where we still operate in a, in a, and we can actually continue to grow every quarter uh, with not growing our headcount.
0: Are you bootstrapped, or did you raise any funding?
1: We raised money. Uh, we raised money from uh, from a VC and also from uh, the Hearst Corporation. It's a big publisher in uh, in New York. Uh, And we have a couple of uh, industry angels as well, both from the U.S. as well as from the Netherlands.
0: Mm -hmm. I understand. And are you the only founder?
1: I am. Yeah, I'm a single founder.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Uh, What did you say was your biggest challenge since uh, 2019? since starting the well, company?
1: COVID wasn't great. Uh, well, actually it was, but then it wasn't. Uh, it's kind of re- it really kind of dribbled down. Sometimes it really accelerated the business and sometimes it, it put it on a hold, particularly in the beginning. So that was a bit of a challenge. Um, I think also for me, because I moved to New York and I moved back to Amsterdam uh, uh, just prior to COVID, but I was always planning to be in two locations. Uh, I kind of was forced um so this was uh, personally kind of a big challenge and as a single founder uh you know I, I think it has a lot of advantages being a single founder but it also definitely has a lot of disadvantages so i benefited from the advantages but also from the uh, disadvantages Um so this is what you know i'm thinking a lot about is it a good thing or not luckily i've built a, a really good team uh, and also um a really good group of advisors around me from day one, uh, because I also invest in other startup and I saw that companies that have a very good advisory board um, you know, ideally with some angels that also put some money in there, uh, it can really accelerate your business and open a lot of doors and it really worked well uh, for me as well. Uh, So I don't think there is one perfect solution. Uh, I think it's always about finding what fits with you. And sometimes you're restricted with timing or budgets or other things. Um, But I'm glad where we are um, uh, today.
0: Thank you for sharing. And what did you say was the biggest uh, mistake that you did?
1: I think we could have done a little bit more. Uh, we well, we actually build a whole slew of products at the same time. So we have a flex team solution, uh, which is doing extremely well. Then we have a package mm-hmm. solution, which... The product market fit for that, um, particularly because we thought it was all going to be 100% automated, uh, and it turned out for this target audience, which is the higher tier of the SMB market, it requires a lot more hand-holding, actually, than the larger corporate organizations. The business model just didn't really materialize to the extent that we thought it uh, and then we also build a playbook, which is basically helping uh, the smaller organizations uh, to understand where to play and how to play in an automated ba- fashion. It's basically you know, the brain power of a CMO for free. Um, so we built three products in parallel. That was a bit too much. I think I really pushed uh, the product and the tech team in that. And at the end, I think we should have um, maybe launched one product first, kind of see how the go-to-market goes for that, and then build another product. Um, I just personally love building the product. As a former CMO, I just think in my next life, I probably want to be CPO. but you know, that's all about also discovering well, the journey. Um, but in, in retrospective, we're a cash flow positive business now. We have very premier clients. We don't need to raise any more money. Um, so in that regard, we did really well. But I think if we just focused on one product, uh, and particularly of course the FlexTeam product, uh, I think we would have been a lot bigger even today uh, because we also uh, allocated quite a lot of time into those other products that just didn't really materialize to the extent that uh, the other one did.
0: Thanks for sharing. And uh, now on the marketplace problem, how did you get your first customers? How did you solve the chicken and egg problem?
1: Yeah, it's a good one. Well, luckily I have a very extensive network uh, because I've been a chief marketing officer. um, And also because I started a podcast uh, in 2019 Uh, where very few people in the (laughs) Netherlands were doing a podcast. Uh, And because of my network, also the network of my advisors, I invited CMOs, um, you know, particularly the ones with uh, notable brand names uh, behind them, uh, to be the guest in my podcast. Um, And I did it together with a big publisher Uh, That got a lot of unique content, uh, you know, for free, uh, but they have a lot of distribution. So I didn't need to build the distribution myself. Uh, And this was really great because also the the CMO themselves published a podcast on their LinkedIn, which got incremental reach. Um, So this was really good uh, for not just distribution and reach, but also for social proof. Um, So this was a really good accelerator. And we got quite a lot of clients through that uh, and and very much a a high... uh, Uh, brand recognition uh, that we otherwise wouldn't have had uh, if you just needed to put paid media against it. Actually, we haven't done any significant paid media till date, and so it's all through organic or happy clients uh, that we are growing.
0: That's really good. And in the past, what did you say was your most effective uh, go-to-market strategy?
1: Yeah, it's this part and it's also just uh, account-based marketing uh, through LinkedIn. Uh, So being very specific around LinkedIn sales navigator options uh, and trying really to automate a, a part of that for outreach. Um, and then just, you know, opening up to ask for uh, product uh, feedback uh, in the Netherlands. People are very curious Um they'd love to kind of give their opinion as well because they're very opinionated and uh, they have a strong opinion and they're not shy to <laughs> voice it, but it's actually great because you actually get real honest feedback. It's not sugarcoated and it really helps you to kind of, you know, get the, uh, the tweaks out of the initial uh, releases. Um, so that helped a lot. And then often when you had these validation calls, people are actually saying, hey, it looks really interesting. We're actually looking for these kind of skill sets. We can't find them. We don't want to hire them for, for always, or they're too expensive to put on a payroll. Can you help us? Um, so this has proven to be a very good uh, uh, first step. And actually uh, we got to a, a CAC LTV ratio of one to 12, uh, which is really, really good. Uh, and a close rate uh, for four weeks, which is in the B2B uh, space that we operate very close as well. Uh, so that showed that, you know, at that time, particularly early 2022, we really were at a bleeding edge of, uh, of uh, how fast we could grow.
0: I'm super happy for you. <laughs> it, it seems like everything is going uh, fantastic. Uh, and now more on the future side, what is the vision for HelloMass?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I'm currently um, uh, talking to a couple of strategic partners in order to scale the company uh, beyond the Netherlands, because the Netherlands is a great country to scale uh, to to do product market fit. Um, But and it's a relatively large company, but it's, you know, it's not the size of the US obviously. Um, So I've been, you know, looking uh, strategically on how can we grow and obviously you can raise money through VC, uh, but also, you can do it through strategic partners that already have the network. They already have the uh, the, the brand names, uh, and they have similar kind of product problems that our clients have. Um, so we are uh, in conversations with partners that fit that bill, and uh, uh, I'm pretty hopeful that I'm going to be able to uh, uh, to close a partner. That is a good culture fit as well uh to basically take the tech take the community and take the operating model and then blueprinted it uh, across other markets uh so we can uh yeah scale a lot faster than if we had to build all these country organizations and country communities uh ourselves
0: mm. makes makes a lot of sense yeah okay i, I i'm uh, I'm rooting for you and now for uh, more on the personal side, I'd love to hear how you started your career my After career. college let's say. yeah sure
1: yeah i i um well i went to college when i was very young i finished my uh, bachelor in economics when i was 19 uh, and i did that because my father said when i was 16 and i wanted to travel the world he said well you can but first you have to have some kind of decent education Um, so i thought okay let's do something that is not difficult for me so i finished the bachelor and then when i was 19 i was actually uh backpacking in in greece uh uh, because i already uh, left uh (laughs) Um, So that was a lot of fun I traveled the world for two and a half years and I have to say I I learned a lot more than I did at my bachelor's when I traveled uh, the world because it was also when internet and social media wasn't that ubiquitous so you were really immersed into the local countries and with the local communities and the other travelers. So it was a lot of fun and I learned a lot. Um, And then once I got back uh, I decided to pursue my um, studies and, and do a master's uh in what was called at the time uh, new media uh, it was also part artificial intelligence which at the time was nowhere near to what it is today uh, so it was kind of a blended <laughs> study um but it was re- really a lot of fun and um, and then i joined uh, my first startup um and uh, it was a, a portal for expats that live and work in the netherlands uh, really interesting because there were great founders from Canada and the U.S. and they launched it. Um, so I learned a lot early stage on kind of how to do that. Uh, then moved my career to a much larger internet organization. It was AOL, Time Warner at the time. Um, and uh, there I had a lot of skill and started to work internationally. And from there on, uh, yeah, I really progressed my career. Uh, I've been uh, working uh, for Philips, uh, where I built a global social media operating model in 60 countries together with the CMO. Uh, then I moved to New York in uh, 2011, uh, where I worked with Publicis and Samsung to kind of build a similar thing uh, for for Samsung. Um, also doing a lot of global marketing operation models, uh, and then I moved in house at JPMorgan Chase, also uh, uh, in uh, in New York where I built together with a couple of colleagues, an in-house agency team of 120 people. Uh, So I have a lot of experience around building those kind of operating models. Um, And then, uh, yeah, after all those kind of experiences, I thought, let's uh, take a jump and uh, after investing in, uh, in early stage startups and working with the founders as a kind of fractional CMO on demand. Uh, I learned a lot on how it is to work with very limited resources. And then I thought, okay, I just wanna jump on the opportunity and, and do something that I feel strongly about. So uh, that's a little bit about my career.
0: Well, that's, that's lovely and <laughs> a lot of experiences. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, what's your favorite SaaS product or shall I say top three? Because I guess you use multiple uh, software products.
1: Yeah, uh, I use quite a lot. Um, what I re I mean, Riverside, uh, the tool that we are using right now to record the podcast, uh, we've also used it. Um, and uh, I really like it. I think they're also getting a, a lot smarter around using AI, uh, you know, in order to create all the different brand assets out of a, a, a podcast. And I was uh, one of their first clients. So I really like to see how they evolve the, uh, uh, the product and the service over time. Um, I'm... We've been doing a lot of research around AI marketing and uh, there is this tool called Firefly AI, um, which is a Mm -hmm. tool that you can basically invite into your meetings uh, and it uh, it takes notes um, and it gives a very good transcription. Uh, but also what I like is that you uh, combine it with HubSpot and then you basically can parse on uh, via a Zapier uh, into your HubSpot all the tasks and to-dos out of those uh, meetings. Um, so I think it's all about, you know, giving you time to be focused at the meeting. You're not being, uh, uh, it's not needed anymore to take any notes. Uh, so I really like that uh, tool as well.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. I have uh, one last question. What's your best piece of advice for a starting founder?
1: Cool. That's a good one. Uh, I get asked quite a lot for that. Um, I think you shouldn't romanticize what it is to to launch a startup. Um, I'm also in a group of other founders and we we meet each other every month uh, to kind of talk about the challenges that you face because you will face a lot of challenges um, and it's also very personal. Um, you have to do so many things. Um, at the same time um, and you kind of need to protect also your private space you need to protect your own mental health Um, so I think a lot of people maybe for get kind of caught up in this hustle culture that sits around uh, having star being a startup founder Um, I personally don't like it a lot but I've been you know influenced by it as well Um, and I think you just need to tread very carefully, but also you need to understand during it for the long haul. It's not a job that you can just exit. Uh, Obviously, you can exit your company, but at the early stage, a lot of the of the success is around the founder. Um, you know, having the opportunity to raise enough money, but not too much and not too little. Also, I think having that balance because a lot of people celebrate on LinkedIn, like, oh, I raised 30 million. I'm like, whoa, you got a lot of debt and a lot of people that want something of you. Um, (laughs) And and you basically need to stick, you know, another five to seven years into the company. And that can be perfectly well. Uh, And also looking at kind of your own equity position as a founder, uh, because I know a lot of founders that are diluting very early on because they take money at unfavorable terms. Um, And then at the end, if you raised a lot of money, but your equity position is diluted or the terms are not that great, you may actually end up with not so much if you have a liquidity event. Uh, So also there, I think, really inform yourself around the financial side of your own equity and your position uh, is, um, is recommended.
0: I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for joining. I'm super grateful. And uh, yeah, thank you for the value that you provide to the community.
1: Yes, very happy. Thank you so much for inviting me. And I uh, want to congratulate you on doing an excellent job with high velocity, very specific content from other great founders. And so keep up the great work.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs>